No matter how far you run from them, childhood tragedies have a way of catching back up with you. So is true of elite scuba diver Veronica West, who is about to encounter something unexplainable at the bottom of the ocean, something that will draw her back to her home on Sinclair Island, Maine. There, she'll lead a dangerous rescue mission to the bottom of the Bay of Fundy, home of the world's largest tides, and something horrific down in the depths. Listen to Narcosis, the latest horror fiction show on Realm's premier horror channel, Undertow. Narcosis is available now. Search for Undertow or Narcosis wherever podcasts are served. Hello, listener. This show contains strong language and upsetting imagery that may be sensitive for some listeners. We invite you to listen with care, but listen closely, as you will discover that Green Man is a poignant, life-affirming, and even uplifting story. Its resolution is not what it seems. Chapter 5 Rayo dragged a twin mattress from one of the spare bedrooms out onto the front porch, excluding last night when he'd crawled up against the hollowed-out log to sleep under the stars. He'd slept indoors for the last eight years in a cramped cell with stale, recycled air. The more fresh night air he could suck into his lungs, the better, especially since he had his choice of sheets, blankets, and pillows from a cramped linen closet. The porch had a roof overhang, so if it started to rain, no problem. He bolted the back door and the downstairs storm windows in case the kid tried to make a run for it under the cover of darkness. Rayo doubted he would. Trust was a synonym for risk in Rayo's experience. If the kid tried to sneak out the front door, Rayo would hear him. If the kid's asshole paw came up the drive, he'd hear him. Whether he was riding his hog or thumping along on foot in his motorcycle boots, Rayo was a light sleeper. He had to be most of his life. That's how he stayed alive. He propped a couple pillows up against the wall and laid down on the mattress, fully dressed in his fresh, washed clothes, wearing his new watch cap pulled down over the dent in his skull and over the tops of his ears, his duffel bag of weapons and ammo at his side, the loaded forty-five held loosely in his right hand and resting on his thigh. He'd found a flashlight in a kitchen drawer that he'd hooked to a belt loop in his cargo pants. A moonless night, a zillion stars overhead, the hoot of an owl. It may be as dark as pitch outside, but he could still smell the trees and the richness of the wild vegetation, the freshness of all that was green, a thousand variations of green scents, like musical notes. The natural tension in his shoulders subsided, his belly full, body scrubbed, clothes clean, a mattress to sleep on and shelter from the weather. The simple things in life were the best. Everything else was just complication. Rayo had to mentally kick himself to stay alert. He had to keep his guard up. It didn't seem as though trackers had found his trail. Not yet. In the daylight hours, searchers might be steadily going door-to-door at every remote cabin in a 60-mile radius from the crash site. Eventually, they'd come down this drive too. Not so much if, but when. By then, Rayo would be gone. Gone even before the kid's asshole Paul came home. Long gone. For all Rayo knew, his booking picture was on the news above the cryon. Escaped convict on the run. But it's not like he could check. The satellite TV had been shut off. The asshole man of the house hadn't paid the bills. Figures. Rayo imagined an earnest bleach-blonde local station newscaster warning the population at large from a flat screen. Be vigilant. If you see something, say something. 
Rayo may not have been armed and dangerous when he took off from the overturned van, but he sure as shit was armed and dangerous now. He had accepted that he'd be caught and returned to a cell. But now, after 36 hours of freedom, he wasn't going to go quietly, if at all. Better to go down like a man in a hell of bullets out in a forest than like a chump from a shank in the kidneys in a concrete cell block. Better to not have been born at all if the latter is how you end. The front door squeaked open. Rayo tensed but then relaxed when he saw it was just the kid. The boy, dressed in Spider-Man PJs, used his butt to push open the screen door. He dragged the other twin mattress out onto the porch, let it flop down about six feet away from Rayo's nest, then went back inside to get his blankets and pillow. What the fuck is this? Rayo figured he should be pissed. He told the kid to stay upstairs in bed, and clearly the kid had disobeyed. But he wasn't. The kid said nothing. Didn't even make eye contact as he made up his bed and slipped under the covers probably thought he was being slick, like Rayo wouldn't notice if he didn't make the equivalent of a splash or a ripple when he showed up. The pair lay on their respective mattresses for a long time, looking out at the darkness, at the stars. Peaceful, no words necessary. It crossed Rayo's mind that he should take the kid with him when he left, head north until the heat died down, make an effort to locate the kid's runaway mother, reunite the pair. Let her know in no uncertain terms that if she didn't do right by her boy going forward, she'd have Rayo to answer to. He fell asleep and dreamt of an endless vista of green. Rayo awoke with a start, heart thudding in his chest, his fingers automatically tightening on the grip of the colt. He sat up, blinking rapidly, uncertain of what woke him. He fumbled for the tablet in his coat pocket. Nobody at the gate. No one moving down the drive dead quiet, well past 2 a.m. The kid was laying under the blanket on his mattress, crawled up in a fetal position, his thumb in his mouth, fast asleep. Alrighty then. So it wasn't a sound that prodded his subconscious, or it would have woken the kid too. Young ones have ears like foxes. What then? Rio closed his eyes in order to try and remember what his brain had been mulling over in the dream state. Rio's eyes flew open. He had it. The padlock on the outhouse, that's what had been gnawing at his subconscious. Silver, shiny, and new. Not old and rusted like you'd expect it to be. A recent addition. Fuck me. He should have figured it out sooner. Rayo knew more than one talkative burglar or a bank robber who'd told tall tales of hiding a stash or a hall in a septic tank, wrapped in Gore-Tex sheeting in a waterproof pouch. Fooled the dogs, they said. Most of the time, other thieves didn't even think to look there, or want to. Best place to hide your loot, hands down. Rayo slipped out from under the blankets and pulled on his boots, laced them up and stuffed the pistol in his waistband. He remembered seeing a tall pole with a hook on the end in the corner of the Quonset hut garage. There had also been a crowbar on the workbench if he had needed it, and the bolt cutters he'd used to free the kid. Rayo pulled off his wool sweater, before he clamped the jaws of the bolt cutter around the outhouse's padlock U-ring, he wrapped the sweater around both the lock and the tool to deaden the sound. A tool silencer. What would have been a loud snap became a muffled pop. He froze when he stood for a few moments, but no sounds came from the porch. The kid was still fast asleep. Good. No way of telling when the outhouse had last been used, but it still stank. Old urine, bleach pellets, and something else. Something foul and rancid. 
He opened the door wider and stepped inside, keeping the flashlight focused in the narrow space, hoping the kid didn't wake and see the light. Spider webs as thick as torn lace curtains, spiders the size of walnuts crouched in the corners, black ones with red hourglasses on their bellies. Rayo shuddered. He didn't like spiders in close quarters. A splintery wooden bench and a single toilet seat dead center. He lifted up the seat with the toe of his boot and peered down. The beam of the flashlight focused below. The muck layer started about six feet down inside the corroding fiberglass tank. And yeah, right in the middle, clear as day, a shiny black plastic of a heavy-duty lawn and leaf trash bag. Not old, about as new as the padlock he'd busted through. Rayo pinned the flashlight between his chin and his chest as he maneuvered the hooked pole down into the shit pit. He hooked the tie strings on the bag, but it wouldn't budge. The bag was anchored in the wet concrete-like muck. Heavy, too. Maybe bundles of cash from a dope deal. Maybe even dope in brick packages. Cocaine, heroin, hard to tell. He pulled harder and the plastic strings broke. Fuck. He shoved the hook into the bag so he could tear it open to see what was inside. No way in hell he was climbing down there until he knew that there was something worth retrieving. The bag ripped open. Double bag, of course. He would have done the same with valuables. He shoved the hook through the second bag and tore it clean open. The smell hit him first, like a dead cat had been petrifying in the hot sun for days. He gagged, had to shove the back of his wrist against his mouth to keep from heaving up his T-bone steak and mashed potatoes. Nearly dropped the flashlight. He leaned over, hand over his mouth, and pointed the beam of light below. Not a cat, not a dead raccoon or a possum or armadillo that tunneled in and couldn't get out. A human face stared up at him. Not fresh, slimy, rot-blackened skin falling away from the bone, eye sockets empty, teeth bared in a death grimace. Couldn't tell if it had been a man or a woman, except for the long blonde hair that still clung to the top and sides of the skull and the collar of the now filthy shirt dress buttoned primly at the neck, like a librarian would wear. The kid's mother didn't run off. She didn't leave her son behind, but she wouldn't be coming back for him, not in this life. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Mister? The small voice startled him so much that Rayo banged his elbow hard on the door as he whirled around. The kid, half asleep, stood a few feet away, barefoot and in his PJs, shivering in the cold. Didn't seem ten now. Looked eight at the most. A little kid, too young for what was at the bottom of this shit pit. Rayo slammed the outhouse door closed, latched it so it stayed shut. He kept his voice bland. What are you up to? I woke up and you were gone. Not gone. I wanted to take a leak without having to go inside the house. Oh, said the kid. Puzzled, but too sleepy to think it through. Stinks in there. Probably would have been a better idea to piss in the woods. Yeah, I guess so. You saw the flashlight beam? Kid nodded. Okay, let's get back to bed. Rayo strolled casually toward the house, purposely not looking back. Left the tools behind. Nothing to see there was the implication. The kid scampered behind him, wincing when his feet touched something sharp on the ground. A single motion... Rayo spun around and grabbed the kid in his arms, lifted the small body up to his chest. The kid wrapped his arms around Rayo's neck and nestled his head against his shoulder, cinching Rayo tight around his waist with his thin legs. Rayo held the kid close with both of his big hands pressed against the kid's back as he strode toward the house. He could feel the kid's fluttery breath against his exposed skin on his neck. He found himself patting the kid on the back, gently, like he'd seen women do to babies. There, there, he said in his head. There, there, kid. There, there. In the short distance to the house, the kid was fast asleep in Rayo's arms. He carefully laid the boy, as limp as a rag doll, back on his mattress and covered him up. Pulled the covers right up to his chin to make sure the blankets were tucked in. Rested his palm on the boy's forehead for a moment. Cool, soft skin with a tiny throbbing pulse at the temple. Rayo had to swallow hard to dislodge the lump forming at the base of his throat. Rayo moved to his own mattress and sat with his back against the wall. The colt gripped tight in his fingers, staring down the blackness of the dirt drive. His expression hard as stone. He had to think. Think about his next move. By the time the kid woke up, about the time the sun crested the treetops, Rayo had superglued the door to the outhouse shut. He'd put the broken padlock back like it was, supergluing the two broken ends together. It wouldn't withstand a blow with a hammer or even a closer examination, 
but he figured the so-called man of the house steered clear of the outhouse, like it wasn't even there. Wouldn't notice the broken padlock for a while, if at all. He doubted the kid had any interest in the structure. The stench would have kept him away. Rail had put all the tools back where he found them, taking care to wipe off his fingerprints. He should wipe down everything he'd touched in the house, but he reckoned he'd miss something no matter how thorough he was, so why bother? It is what it is. By the time the kid wandered sleepily into the kitchen, now fully dressed, Rail had cooked a stack of flapjacks and a pound of bacon. He was working on the scrambled eggs. He liked them soft and fluffy with a lot of salt and pepper. The kid sat down at the counter and watched him. The carton of milk he found at the back of the refrigerator had spoiled. Rayo made milkshakes again from what was left of the powdered milk. Rayo could hear the kid's stomach rumbling. You hungry, kid? The kid nodded like a bobblehead doll in an earthquake. Why don't you put the mattress and bedding away, then come eat? Okay. The kid flew off like a bat out of hell. The screen door banged so hard it practically shook the whole house. After breakfast, the pair sat on the porch steps, each with a toothpick between his front teeth. Rayod set the duffel bag of weapons at his feet, but kept the colt tucked in his waistband. He liked morning best, as all the shades of green in the forest revealed themselves, slowly, as the shafts of rising sunlight penetrated the shadows. Kid, I gotta take off soon, be on my way. The kid studied the tips of his keds. Yeah, I figured. You got any relatives nearby? No. You got friends? The kid gave one of his exaggerated shrugs. I used to. Any of them come for nice families? Another shrug. I don't know. Ever been to their houses? The kid shook his head. That figured. Rayo studied the needles on a nearby pine tree. New shoots not yet stiff and sharp and browned at the tips, still more jade than Brunswick green. You ought to take off too, kid, before your old man gets back. The kid didn't say anything in reply. He just gripped the tops of his knees with his fingers, eyes averted. Your old man's not going to like it that you aren't still chained to that tree. He finally looked up and almost smiled. Or that I cut off my hair. Or that. I won't tell Paul you were here, mister. I won't. Cross my heart and hope to die. Rayo could see from the kid's expression that he meant what he said. All emotions and intentions as visible as the upturned nose on his face. No, you go ahead and tell him. Blame everything on me. On the stranger who showed up out of nowhere. Say I cut you loose. Say I broke down the closet door and stole the weapons. You can even tell him I cut your hair, you know? Against your will. Make me out to be the bad guy. You have my permission. Rayo knew with absolute certainty that the asshole would never call the cops. Not with a dead body in the outhouse. The kid didn't look convinced. I really think you should leave this place, kid. Go to Brewster on that school bus you were telling me about. And let the sheriff know what your old man has been doing to you. He'll help you. Maybe find you a place to stay with nice folks somewhere. Why can't I come with you? Because you can't. You're going to do like I tell you. Kid stiffened his spine. He suddenly looked older. Rail caught a glimpse of the man he would one day become in the set of his jaws. No, mister, said the kid while looking him straight in the eye. I can't leave. I'm not going anywhere. Not if I can't go with you. Why not? I want to be here when my mom comes back to get me. Ah, oh, fuck. You sure she's coming back? She wouldn't just leave me behind. 
Not forever. She, she wouldn't. The kid was probably right. She probably never left at all in the first place. Look where it got her. Rayo stood and zipped up his parka. Your choice. Mister. Yeah? Will you leave me the shotgun? You know how to use it? No. Hopeful. Maybe you could show me. It didn't take long. The kid was a quick study. Rayo showed him how to load the Remington, how to hold it, how to stand and anchor himself as if he were a tripod and not a biped, how to brace the stock against the meat of his shoulder just above the crook of his underarm, how to squeeze the trigger, not jerk it, aim center mass. The kid gave him a blank look. Torso. The body, it's the hardest part to miss. I thought you shot your paw in the head, blew it nearly clean off. Yeah, and I told you I don't remember doing it. Could have been the barrel jerked up and I got lucky. Better to aim for the biggest target. You miss, you're gonna make him mad. I know. You sure about this kid? I'm not planning on killing him on purpose. Not in cold blood. Yeah, I get it. A shotgun is for self-defense. Yeah. When the cops come, you be sure to tell them that you were in fear of your life. I hear you. And another thing. You better think long and hard about changing your name. You don't want to be a junior to a senior you had cause to put down. This seemed to strike a chord with the kid. He furrowed his brow as he thought about it. What's your name, mister? It's not something you need to know. Take care of yourself, kid. Rail hefted up the bag of weapons and walked off toward the trees, leaving the boy with a loaded weapon in his hand. He wondered if he'd been the kid if he would have shot the stranger in the back, right in the torso, center mass. If for no other reason, then he could probably get away with it. But Rayo didn't hear the racking of the shotgun, only the sniffling of the kid standing behind him and presumably trying unsuccessfully to hold back his tears as he watched the stranger go. Green Man, created by Cassie Wells and Dave Beasley, starring Scoot McNary, Post-production sound by Joe Morales and Elftree Studio. A Haywood production. Hi, listeners. This is Mary from the Realm Team. We brought you the show you've been listening to right now and wanted to tell you about another show we think is right up your alley. But rather than me tell you about it, I'm going to let Mackenzie tell you herself. Welcome to Dead Air. In the weeks to come, I'll be telling you all about the sordid tale of the murder of Margaret Heather Graham, known as Peg to her friends, and the bizarre twists and turns that led to the killer's confession. Yes, at least you don't have to worry about him showing up at your doorstep. He's in prison. Hello, this is Mackenzie. You have it wrong. What if the person who killed Peg Graham isn't in prison? Excuse me? The murder, Peg Graham. Everyone thinks they know what happened, but it doesn't add up. There's more to it. You should look deeper. Listen and subscribe to Dead Air wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>